Welcome to the audio version of Bogard Press's Through the Bible Adult Study Guide. Being true to the Word, Bogard Press has aided in the discipleship of thousands for over 100 years. Of those 100 years, the Through the Bible Adult Sunday School literature has been a staple to many. Join us as we listen to the Through the Bible Adult Study Guide with writer Brother Mark Clements. So grab your Bible and let's get started. A New Place to Worship From Exodus 25-27 through 27. Application The student will give examples how the tabernacle was a shadow of God's presence and access to Him through Jesus. Seeking the Context My wife and I spent most of our engagement separated by the Pacific Ocean. These were the days before Internet was widely available, so we mailed letters back and forth. Every so often, my wife would include pictures of herself to remind me how she looked. I loved the pictures while we were apart, but when she stepped off the plane and I saw her in person, the pictures did not mean as much. Until Jesus came to earth in person, God made sure His people had clear pictures of Jesus and the work He would do. Before time began, God knew His Son would be the answer to mankind's sinful separation from Him. As history moved along, God slowly unveiled the details of His plan to bruise the serpent's head through the seed of the woman, Genesis 3.15. Before Adam and Eve were banished from the Garden of Eden, God made clothes to cover their shame by shedding the blood of an animal, Genesis 3.21. These examples served as introductory illustrations of the blood of Jesus Christ who would wash away the sins of man. The concept of penitent sacrifice in the worship of Jehovah continued to develop throughout the early history of Israel, but today's text shows us how God explicitly commanded His people to worship Him in a carefully prescribed manner that would help set the stage for the coming of Jesus. As we observe God's requirements for constructing a place of worship, we must remember that Jesus has always been God's method of redeeming man. From Genesis to Revelation, the entire Bible tells the story of Jesus. Today we have the privilege of looking backward to the first coming of Jesus. We can see how the ceremonial law God gave Moses for worship clearly pictures the sacrifice of Christ. Since He has come, the pictures are no longer necessary. Pictures are nice reminders, but when the person pictured is present, the picture no longer serves a significant purpose. Today, we may not be tempted to practice Old Testament ceremonies that picture Jesus, but we do sometimes settle for traditions that supplant spiritual realities. Today, let us observe the worship elements God imposes on His people for our good and the glory of Christ. Why is it so important to keep Jesus Christ the center of our focus? Searching the text. Number one. God expects participation from His people. Exodus 25, 1, 2, 8, and 9. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. Of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, ye shall take my offering. 
and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them, according to all that I show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall ye make it. When it comes to doing projects around the house, it usually goes more smoothly if the parent works alone. When I work by myself, it goes quickly and the job gets accomplished exactly the way I want it to happen. However, my job as a parent is not to just work efficiently. My job as a parent is to train my children how to function in life. This means a responsible parent will teach his children how to work around the home by allowing them to participate in the work. I could do it myself, but when I ask my children to participate, they learn something and take ownership in the work. God did not need human involvement in his work, but he chose to allow his people to participate. It appears God desired to accomplish something more than simply relocating his people from Egypt to Canaan. In the process of leading them to their new home, he reaffirmed his sovereignty over all things and reordered their devotion to him. God began this conversation with Moses by asking his people to give offerings for the construction of a place of worship. Again, it must be noted that God does not need anything. He does not need precious metals or a place to inhabit. Everything he expects of mankind is for mankind's own good. Nevertheless, God asked his people to participate in establishing his worship on earth. God anticipated that his people would have their hearts stirred when they heard his word and would be moved to contribute material possessions to build a tabernacle. Before the Israelites left Egypt, God gave them favor in the eyes of the Egyptians so that the Egyptians gave the Hebrews many precious materials. The people of Israel had more than enough materials to build a place for the worship of Jehovah. So the question came down to whether his people would be willing to depart with their loot. In his divine mercy, God expected his people to give everything needed for the tabernacle and its instruments. Today, God continues to work similarly in the lives of his children. By faith in Jesus Christ, we have been set free from the bondage of sin. Instead of relocating us directly from this heaven to earth at the moment of salvation, God leaves us here on earth to participate in his kingdom work. He allows us to give our time, energy, and resources to bring him glory here on earth until he calls us home. Let us willingly contribute all we can to make disciples of Christ across the globe. How do you participate in proclaiming Jesus? Number two, God desires communion with his people. Exodus 25, 16-22 And thou shalt put into the ark of the testimony which I shall give thee, and thou shalt make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof, and a cubit and a half the breadth thereof. And thou shalt make two cherubims of gold, of beaten work shalt thou make them in the two ends of the mercy seat. And make one cherub on the one end, and the other cherub on the other end. Even of the mercy seat shall ye make the cherubims on the two ends thereof. And the cherubims shall stretch forth their wings on high, covering the mercy seat with their wings. And their faces shall look one to another. Toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubims be. 
And thou shalt put the mercy seat above upon the ark. And in the ark shalt thou put the testimony that I shall give thee. And there I will meet with thee. And I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat. From between the two cherubims which are upon the ark of the testimony. Of all things which I will give thee in commandment unto the children of Israel. As our family began growing, we were compelled to increase the size of our home. We went from a one-bedroom home to a three-bedroom home because we wanted to have adequate space to enjoy each other's presence. God wanted to be with his children, so he ordered Moses to provide a proper space for this communion to happen. Not only did God expect his people to build a tabernacle, but he also ordered them to construct a space where he would meet with them. God directed Moses to construct the Ark of the Covenant, which would be a box plated in gold to hold the tablets of the Ten Commandments. This Ark would also become God's throne. The lid would be adorned with two golden cherubim, and God's presence would appear in the space between them called the Mercy Seat. Too many children have been raised in homes where their parents did not desire to be with them. In these homes, parents became too busy or disinterested to make time for their children. Having raised children myself, I know time with children must be intentionally set aside or interactions will likely not take place. We serve a God who wants to spend time with his children and will do whatever is necessary to fortify those relationships. He took time to explain to Moses exactly how he would communicate to his people. The mercy seat was not an afterthought, but it was an intentional design by God to make sure his children would come to know him. If we come to a place where we think we do not know God well enough, it is not because he has failed in communing with us. Through Jesus Christ, through his abiding presence with the indwelling Holy Spirit, and through his word, God has made himself known to us. It is our job to prioritize communing with our Creator. Why is communion with God so important for you? Number three, God requires accuracy from his people. Exodus 25, 40. And look that thou make them after their pattern, which was showed thee in the mount. When holidays like Thanksgiving come around, many people choose to prepare food for their families themselves rather than purchase dishes already prepared. My family has a few dishes we enjoy only once per year, which means we must find the recipes when it comes time to prepare them. We do not want to ruin the meal, so we follow the recipes very closely so the dishes have their exact flavor we remember. When it comes to accomplishing the work of God, He demands precision accuracy. Like following the recipe exactly for the best tasting dish, God wants His people to pay close attention to their work so that they represent Him well. The tabernacle and its instruments were not haphazardly designed by God, nor did He give Moses the latitude to include his own ideas. The writer of Hebrews quoted Exodus 25:40, informing the reader that the system of worship introduced to Moses was patterned after heavenly elements. Hebrews 8:5. Since the tabernacle was modeled after a heavenly template, God required that Moses lead the people to build it exactly as he prescribed. 
Israel would be a shining light for all the world to see. So God wanted them to represent him precisely. The Old Testament prescribed worship pointed to the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Jesus accurately depicted God both in character and holiness. He even told his disciples that if they had seen him, they had seen the Father, John 14, 9. The Apostle Paul wrote that Jesus was the exact image of the invisible God, Colossians 1.15. The writer of Hebrews wrote that he was the radiance of the glory of God and the express imprint of his nature, Hebrews 1.3. Before Jesus ascended to the Father, he commanded the members of his church to be witnesses of him throughout the world, Acts 1.8. To be a witness of Jesus requires accurate representation of the person of Christ to everyone. This only happens when the Christian is governed by the Holy Spirit of Christ in obeying the command to love God and love others. Christians alone have the responsibility to serve as representatives of Christ on earth. Some of the greatest damage has been done to the cause of Christ by people who claim to be followers of Christ but do not represent Him accurately. When we take matters into our own hands, forget the word of God, and fail to embody Christ's likeness in our behavior, we show the world a warped image of Jesus. God's children have been tasked by God to be conformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Romans 8.29 We are to show the world the beauty and power of Jesus Christ through righteous living. May we take seriously our responsibility to introduce others to Jesus for the glory of God. Why must we be precise in our representations of Jesus? Setting the Application God told Moses that he wanted his people to participate in demonstrating his glory for all the world to see. The tabernacle and its elements would be made of the finest elements available with the finest construction possible. Everyone's focus would be on the dwelling place of God, and the people of Israel would provide spiritual direction for anyone who sought their Creator. Like a trophy on the mantle that tells the story of victory, God was doing something supernatural on earth through His children, and He wanted the world to have an accurate depiction of His story. The tabernacle told the story of God redeeming His people through the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus Christ. We who have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ have the high privilege of showing the glory of God to the world. When we live according to the power and holiness of the indwelling Holy Spirit, we demonstrate God's beautiful story of salvation through faith in Jesus. We become like trophies that showcase the victory God has won over sin through His Son. We have a story to tell to the nations. How will you showcase Jesus to the world this week? Thanks, Brother Mark, for sharing such great truth with us this week. Join us next week as we take another look at God's Word with Brother Mark. Don't forget to join us daily on our Through the Bible Daily Devotionals on our daily devotional blog at www.bogardpress.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.